Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. I don't know if we've quite ever had intro music like this, but I love it. It must mean it's because there's an illustrious comeback happening right before your eyes. Welcome in. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching it, statewide television, SWX Montana television. If you're watching, you see my good friend, Regime Seabrook. He's back in the saddle. We've been meaning to get him in here forever. He's been coaching all sorts of good sports and doing all sorts of good things for the youth of Missoula. So he's been busy, but now we got a chance to catch up on a whole lot of stuff, and we got a whole lot to get to. If you want to listen anywhere besides on the radio or on uh, the television set, you can do it anywhere on your mobile device, your computer, Anything you might want to use, your tablet, just go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. First and foremost, i got to get off some housekeeping off the top. I talked to the winner of our bracket challenge. Congratulations to you. We will have your prize. I know you live in Florida. That's amazing that ESPN Missoula's bracket challenge gets all the way to Florida, but he is a Montana guy. Uh, he's just practicing law down there. But we'll get you uh, your prize package here in the mail shortly. But if you got second or third, I'm having a really hard time with this. The ESPN site won't let me access your email address. So I need you to either email me at Coulter at MissoulaBroadcasting.com or shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. 
We'll get a hold of you. We got gift cards for you for a second and third place. $100 of the gift cards for a second and uh, $75 worth of gift cards for a third. We got all sorts of stuff to get to. I love rapping with Razim about a lot of different things because we can go off the uh, the uh, beaten path, so to speak, and talk some other stuff that maybe some of the other contributors to this show. Uh, we can't go down, down those paths, but I love talking to Razim about a whole variety of things. But, of course, it is a game week. So we're going to talk Montana football. It feels like a game week. I was driving around town. It's busy. It's bustling. I was a little late coming in today because I had to go run down to campus to get my credentials. Of course, I forgot. I was supposed to go get them Thursday. But I'm out of practice, man. We haven't had a game in two years. Well, that and you're not used to uh, worrying about press credentials and football in April. April. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's the heat of the car just warping the brain a little bit. It's exactly right. You Usually, I'm just... You can just walk up to the softball game or the track meet or whatever. You don't have to get the media passes. But either way, we're really excited for the game tomorrow uh, between Central Washington and the University of Montana. First of two straight Grizz home games here in Missoula. It'll be great to have football back. We're also going to talk a whole bunch of high school stuff. Regime's been coaching high school sports. I think what's going on over at Missoula Sentinel has been fascinating. Uh, A complete resurgence of the culture of the entire athletic department and the entire student body. And it's led to one of the great uh, academic years that we've seen from any, uh, especially on the male side, athletic department. I mean, the, the boys at Sentinel, they swept all the falls championships and then they had a great year in basketball as well. So we'll get to some of that. Uh, we're also going to talk Raleigh Wooster into the transfer portal. Uh, it's not as juicy as you might think. I think that it's pretty linear. I'm pretty sure he's probably just going to follow Utah State head coach Craig Smith to Utah. But we will talk about Raleigh Wooster, the Missoula Hellgate product, and his ability to play in the, the uh, Pac-12 if, in fact, that is where uh, he lands. Second hour, we're going to talk NFL, of course. We're also going to talk Transfers and the plague in college basketball right now. I'm not even sure if there's going to be any players in the Big Sky Conference left by, by the time we get to the end of this offseason. Uh, but that's here nor there. We start, though, with some sad news. And I actually have a story about this. And I think that this actually could lead to a, a bigger conversation. But yesterday, DMX passed away. I think that if... If you know, you know. If you don't, you should. Right, Regime? I mean, this guy, he was such a a shooting star because his 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 prime of producing records was only maybe six or eight years. I don't even feel like it was that uh, long. Right. I mean, a very tortured guy who didn't really hit it big until he was in his 30s. Right. He had three straight multi-platinum records. He was in a bunch of movies, and then he just fell off the wagon again and went back to uh, you know, hardcore drug use yeah. and became a career criminal again. And now he's dead before the age of 50. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how amazing it is the way music can bring people together and the, and the cultural experiences they can give people, especially young people, that would never have gotten that. I grew up in Missoula, Montana. I mean, I, my family moved around when I was little, but I've lived here from, from the age of 6 until 22 when I graduated from college. But when I was in 7th and 8th grade, my favorite musical artist was DMX. And at Hellgate Middle School... Your, 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 uh, your sort of senior project for art, you have to make a tile. You have to, oh, you have to paint I, a tile. I remember those. Right? I totally remember and those. And my painted tile is a DMX tile that's like a, a rendition of the And Then There Was X album cover. And it's just so funny because here's this kid from Missoula, Montana, who has no connection to this East Coast rapper. Half the stuff he was rapping about, I had no understanding of whatsoever, but it also taught me so much about the world at large. But I was devastated yesterday when I heard DMX died, man. It was weird, man. It, it's 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 weird. And for a guy like me who's, you know, I'm a little bit younger than DMX, it's... It, it, it brings about mortality in its own way. No, no kidding, right? I mean, when when legends die, that's the most striking part, right? When I think that was the hardest part about Kobe Bryant: love him or hate him. 
you never thought this dude was going to die. I mean, he's been right. as famous and as immortal as you could possibly be for his whole life. And then he's just, boom, snap of a finger. Yeah, so when you have someone who is is within your generation of music, society, movies, and they and they pass away well before their time, so to say, it, uh, it puts things into perspective for you all of a sudden. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm not as young as I thought I was. I'm not as young as I look in the mirror now due to certain situations like that. But music, uh, you know, kind of what you were alluding to before, Coulter, is, is, is a lot like sports. It doesn't matter where you're from. It transcends boundaries. It transcends time. Um, I'm coaching a little uh, young girl in AAU, and she's talking to me about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I'm like, your dad is too young to under, you know who Kareem was, let alone you in eighth grade. So, it's a it, you know, music, much like sports, tr- just transcends time, and uh, but it also makes time very relative and in your face at this, you know, all within the same breath. So, you know, rest in peace, DMX, the barking dog, the you know, the mad collar himself. But it it, it is sad, um, and unfortunately for him, his legacy is kind of marred more by what he did outside of the studio than what he did in. But, uh, uh, you know, a sad passing nonetheless. It's so interesting to me the way that music artists rise through the ranks and, and how do you become transcendently famous because so often you have to be you have to cater to the machine so to speak right? Right, you have to right. fit into this box fit into this mold and we've seen such uh, so many cookie cutter artists that have come down the conveyor belt for years and years and years <laughs> but there was this one moment in time like mid 90s through early 2000s for whatever reason you could break the mold and hardcore became famous in America it became pop became Corn would never have been famous before or after that one brief little time period when TRL was ruling the music charts. Right. DMX, right. the same thing. I mean, DMX is a good rapper, but he's not the poet that Tupac was. He's not, you know, the the street teacher that Biggie was. Right. He's way more hardcore and dark and deep than that. But the moment in time was so spectacular. Well, if he, he, that's a, I love that. And my homegirl Addie's going to love the fact that you bought Corn on ESPN Radio, and hopefully she's listening right now. Um, the, uh, the fact of the matter, if you look at music, the 90s was almost counter culture. It was, you. I am coming out in whatever which way that means. I'm coming out hardcore. I'm coming out transgenderally. I'm coming out politically. I'm coming out socially. And there, the, 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 the trials and tribulations of, of, uh, of, of music and transcending within society uh, knocked down barriers. People were talking about casual sex, and we were just coming out of conformity of, right? you know, you stay married for 35 years, and now you're talking about, I want to meet you, and you, and you, and you. So if you look at that time, there was a big sway about, I'm going to be who I am, and guess what? I'm going to get paid in the process. I don't care what your grandparents think. And the, the resurgence of MTV at that point, too, because MTV seemed like it had taken a dip. The music videos weren't as popular, but then all of a sudden, when we were able to call in and choose the music videos, now you got voices for every sector of music, right? The hardcore metal guys had just as big of a voice as the girls who wanted to listen to Britney Spears and the dudes who wanted to listen to DMX. And I think it made for this crazy moment in music history. We, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. No, and if you look at it at that time, and you know, I, I grew up having a stepdad and a father who were mass recording engineers. It was the biggest time in history where you had subcontext music going on. All of a sudden, it wasn't just rock and roll. You had heavy metal, death metal, grunge, alternative. Like, all of a sudden, you had subcultures within cultures, and people were like, thank you. Thank you. You you had you had positive rap. You had gangster rap. You had Playboy rap. You had you know Afrocentric rap. You had you know you know hip hop and rock and roll meeting together. And all of a sudden, these sub generations became the forefront of what we know now. 
Rest in peace, DMX. Listen to Nuanas now. 1029 ESPN Missoula Regime. Seabrook in studio with what me. Up? Man, it's good to see you, man. It's good to be seen, brother. And we, uh, re, everybody that's followed this show for a while knows the Regime used to swing by from time to time when Tutel was here, or he would uh, stop in w- when either one of us was gone. He did a Even lot of work. Before, I was here before uh, Tutel. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I helped out with the pre and post game, uh, Grizz game stuff. But obviously, everybody knows COVID. Haven't been able to see each other for a long time. Uh, but man, it's so good to see you, man. What have you been up to? I know you've been coaching a little bit you're still doing your counseling what else is going coaching, on coaching counseling being a dad being a good friend being an active community member honestly just trying to be a good man and and everything else falls into place so just living life and enjoying it enjoying being able to do things like this again um like you said coaching supporting a little hardware for you i don't know if you see I, one I, of those i was looking at you have various rings i was trying to see what the logo is well, that's your that, yeah. that's your spartan state championship that's a Sparty ring. state championship ring you guys can't see that on television but a little history in the making right there um just being proud of 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 the things i'm part of man sitting on a couple of boards doing things for boys and girls club sweet you know food bank stuff and 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 connecting with good people like you man well psa Boys and Girls Club have a big fundraiser coming up later this month, right? Two two trot, two two trot, right? Let's so go. This is a this is a fun run. You don't have to. It's not like the I shouldn't say hardcore because every run can be fun if you make it fun. But this is not like the marathon where people are really competing. This is for everybody. You can wear a two two, but it's all up you for can a make cost. one there. You can come down. I'm gonna wear one if you can get this around this 38 inch thirty eight <laughs> inch waist. You guys can come down and it's it's all about kids and and helping people out and it's 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 fun. It's also fun. Seeing adults run around in really colorful tutus. <laughs> no question. Boys and Girls Club are doing great things in this community too, helping. I know that with the way that the world has evolved, it's really hard to not have both parents working. And it's really hard for kids to go home to an empty house. And the Boys and Girls Club provides great uh, opportunity for kids to go and hang out somewhere, actually be around other people, get mentoring, and all that good stuff. So it's a great cause. Support the Boys and Girls Club no matter what, whenever you can, but particularly uh, for the tutu trot. It's game week. I can't believe it's game week. It's so disorienting. I've only been able to watch a couple of football practices on the Grizz and Bobcat side in recent weeks because obviously they usually practice during this show. But even being in Bozeman last week and watching a full scrimmage and then being down at the stadium watching the guys run around on Monday of this week leading up to the Grizz game, disoriented because I'm I'm just not used to watching Division One football. But because we've been off since the 2019 season now, you had two different recruiting classes come in. Guys, I mean, there's guys that are freshmen that aren't freshmen, but they are freshmen. But they are freshmen. Because they haven't played yet. And it's just crazy. Everybody's yeah. changing numbers to try to get it all in order. But um, just first and foremost, it must feel good for you, a big football fan, to have Grizz football back in Missoula. I, buddy, it feel, it, I, I am one of the few men. I got to coach it and have a, have a great season, win a championship. NFL still happened couple of okay college bowl games and now Grizz football. It's It's been almost a year of football. I can't brag and I won't complain about a darn thing. Um, the, 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 the the thing I am worried about uh, with 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 uh, you know the season starting this late and being rusty is the quality of football. Sure. And then I hate to say it and, and some of the guys that are going to be playing this weekend, I'm not trying to jinx you, injuries. Sure. You haven't been hit in a really long time. For and sure. you haven't hit anyone. So, you know, those are the kind of things that as just as a human, <laughs> let alone a fan, that I, I, I get a little concerned about. But um, I'm, I'm happy it's back. I'm happy for these young men and, uh, that have put so much effort, especially those incoming freshmen and not freshmen that are now sophomores that just didn't get a chance to shine and improve and, and what they have and have fun with it. It's, it's great. I also think it's great for the community to have something. 
I'm a little skeptical on everything being filled in so fast. Um, sure. Because of how things are manifesting themselves. But outside of that, man, it's, it's, it's nice to have a shining light come out of the back end of the longest spring break in American history. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I think that Montana played this right, too, in terms of not participating in this truncated sort of gimmicky full spring championship season like a lot right. of the Big Sky schools are participating in. But then the fact that they got two games on the schedule against other opponents, mm-hmm. it was actually a, a very uh, smart manipulation of the NCAA rules by Bobby Houck because then that means you get to have essentially a fall camp in the spring in to the spring. prepare. So you get twice as many practices. And so they've actually got to have a full like 20 practices before then going into game week this week. So I do think that will help them be prepared. The most interesting part about this to me is if you followed Coach Houck, and I've followed Coach Houck in depth since his first tenure here at Montana, 2003-2009, his program... He has a formula. It's so much about development. It's not a plug-and-play. He's not trying to recruit four-star guys. He's trying to recruit dudes, first and foremost, that want to be Grizz, second and foremost, that love football, Mm. and third and foremost, that have potential to develop into elite talent. But hardly any of the guys he ever brings in are elite at the time. That's Mm -hmm. why it's just child's play trying to evaluate Coach Houck's recruiting classes versus other players teams. Weber State, the way they recruit with Jay Hill or even Jeff Choate's recruiting model at Montana State the last handful of years, they're always going to have better guys the day they sign. What do they become? But now, you take away all of the, the, the all of the normalcy of the schedule for the last year and a half. But Montana still was able to get eight spring ball practices in last spring before COVID hit and before everything went down the pipes. They still were able to have a couple player run practices before then, a little bit of an outbreak on campus here nor there. They still were able to get a full 15 practices in in the fall. Now they got a superstar fall camp. And so there's a part of me that thinks, like Bobby Halkow says, you can't get better at playing football without playing, playing football. football. But all of the little fundamental things, the developmental side of things, if you ever go to Coach Halk's practice, it's an hour straight of individual fundamental drills before they ever do anything team. Well, you get 50 to 60 extra of those sessions. You have a year and a half to teach all the freshmen how to do it, and then they know how to practice. I I expect, I haven't seen a full practice in this duration yet, but I fully expect that they're practicing at an absolutely elite level right now because of the time they've gotten to prepare for it. So I, I agree with that. I, I, first of all, you continue to be the deepest fountain pool of information in sports <laughs> radio. I've been saying that for years. I share it publicly. I say it privately. You are just wonderful. What I like about Bobby Houck's approach is a lot of a lot of um, a lot of coaches want to fill the cabinet. I want to I want to put the I want to put the 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 I want to put the nice spaghetti sauce right here, and then I'll put the ragu somewhere else, right? I got to fill my cabinet. Bobby, he's building a pantry, and that's what I like. There's a difference between putting food in your cabinet and filling your pantry. Yes. Cabinet's great, but cabinet, you go shopping on Monday, cabinet's empty by Friday. You fill your pantry, you got a freshman to your senior year. So I know that probably sounds weird, but... I'll take the food pantry over a couple of cans in the cabinet any day of the week. No question. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Nuana is now your favorite daily sports talk show. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. If you want to watch the Grizz game tomorrow, I know this is sort of confusing. I'm not even going to confuse you. 
It's on ABC. Just go to ABC. KTMF. <laughs> that's what it is. I know it's 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 being produced by SWX, our great partners at SWX. It's the SWX crew, but SWX is an extension of ABC, right? So ABC and SWX are one and the same, but you're going to find it on ABC. I know some people don't get the, the SWX on their uh, various uh, satellite dishes or whatever, but it's on terrestrial TV. So it's on the free ABC TV. $7. Rabbit ears. Probably have some tin foil in the cabinet somewhere. <laughs> That's it. Channel 23. That's it. You can't beat that. That's all you need. There it is. That's all you need. So be on tomorrow. Um, I love the analogy, though, Regime. When Montana released their first spring depth chart earlier this week, I, I love pouring over the depth charts, seeing where the where you know there's good position battles, there's rising young players, there's depth and lack of depth. The last... Seriously, probably seven years, you look at the Montana depth chart and you'd say, okay, well, you got this guy, this guy, this guy. But if this guy gets hurt, oh, wow, this is bad. If this guy gets hurt, oh, buddy, you're going to be in a, a hole. You know, if, you're, if your senior left tackle gets hurt, oh, man, how's the 230-pound freshman going to be able to hang? Now, when you look at the depth chart, there's a couple young guys that maybe would be thrust into elevated and maybe uh, too big for their uh, ability roles. But by and large, across the board, they got dudes – and then they got dudes behind them. And then they got mm-hmm. dudes behind them. And mm-hmm. I just think it's it's so brilliant the way that Bobby Houck has fixed this thing because, let's be frank, it was broken. It, it was not broken in terms of the expectations of the average FCS college football team. It was broken based on the expectations of the Montana Grizzlies. And it was broken based on the ways that I think that you almost have to run a program in Montana. I mean, for a brief moment in time there, the Grizz were running an offense without tight ends or fullbacks. How are you going to do that? You're not going to have a lot of Division One running backs or, or uh, wide receivers in Montana. You're no. going to have two Division One tight ends or three or four Easily. in Montana every Easily. year. And so I, there's, those are just the little things, but it just seems like he's done such a good job of remaking and actually making it more of a Montana-esque roster at Montana. Well, going, I'm... T- <laughs> I love you, man. What I like about how Bobby does it, too, is a lot of coaches will have, um, and, and, and Dane Oliver is one of those coaches in the Hulk formula. For sure. You Dane will, played a senior year for Bobby Hulk. Bingo. You, yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I, I'm talking from my own experience being a part of that, that I would also say, extended Hulk family tree. For sure. Here's the thing. As a coach... You are always going to have your base formula. You're going to have your ideas about what you want because that's just the way your brain is. But sometimes when you get players, you have to mold what you have to their strengths. No question. And Bobby, I love that. I'm going to formulate to what I need to do to maximize on every ounce of potential, talent, and skill that this young man has. That's it. It's not, I want to run this type of offense. If you fit into my cookie cutter, great. If not, the transfer portal's open. Peace. See you later. Not happening. What can you do? How can I mold you and get maximum efficacy rates out of this young man that helps the program? Period. That's a coach. I just love his ability to gauge the mentality and toughness of certain guys, too, because the other thing is when you're recruiting Montana, a lot of times you're going to get guys that maybe play quarterback in high school, right? And that guy's mm-hmm. probably not a Division One quarterback. But so often coaches then, then they pin them as then – Another skill player. Like, th- this guy was a oh, he was a Class B quarterback. Okay, we're going to go play him at receiver or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what made me so happy to look at the depth chart. You see Levi Janicaro, kid who was a stud Love quarterback him. at Big Sky, right? He's not going to play quarterback nope. at the Division One level. Nope. We'll look at him now. He's up to 245 pounds. He's playing inside linebacker, as he should be. Thick. Yeah, let, let him run. Let him hit somebody. Garrett Graves from up in Eureka. 
two-time state champion, went undefeated two years in a row as a quarterback. Well, they tried him at receiver for a little bit, but why Why do you need this guy to toil in wide receiver when you're stacked? you got eight legitimate guys at Montana. Let's see if he can cover some kicks. Okay, now he can? Great. Play for safety. He's an athlete. Exactly. And uh, I just think how does such a good job of simplifying everything and, and getting guys in a position to succeed. And in, in its essence, as a guy that is a coach, I mean, you know that. That is what coaching truly is. Keep it simple, man. In, anything in this life, relationship-wise, especially when other people are involved, keep it simple. The minute we start trying to get cute with things and intricate, that's when the bottom falls out, man. Keep it simple. Build what you have from within, and you come out successful. My, I tip my hat to Bobby. I love me some Hulk. Central Washington, the opponent tomorrow. This was actually a full circle moment for me because my first uh, two years after graduating from the University of Montana, I lived in Ellensburg, Washington, covered Central Washington for the, during the 2009 and 2010 football seasons, and uh, they were awesome back then. If you missed anything from this week's show, Blaine Bennett, former Central Washington head coach, came on the show, and we rehashed some of the memories from back then. Uh, in 2008, actually right before I had moved to Ellensburg, I um, was covering Montana, and they played Central Washington. They only lost by three. you got to think of this. Central has beaten Eastern Washington once and gone to overtime with them twice in the last 10 years. They've beaten Idaho State on the road. They beat Weber State on the road, and they took Idaho down to the wire and only lost by seven last time they played the Vandals. That was in 2019. This is a program because of its location between Seattle and Spokane. It's a natural geographic draw. It's the only program really in the Northwest that's a Division II program. Mm-hmm. The state of Washington has great high school football talent. Period. So they're getting the dudes. It's not like Montana where there's two FCS programs. Mm-hmm. The dudes are go, aren't going to UW and then aren't going to Eastern are going to Central. You also then get all the Pac-12 dropdowns from all across the Western United States. So what I'm getting at here is I've heard all over town all week, oh, it's just a Division II team. There's Division II teams like Western State and Colorado Mesa and Fort Lewis and all those. That ain't it. That ain't it. This is completely different. This is a di- <laughs> this is a, this is a cat with different claws, and people don't understand that. It, you do your research. You got all the technology in your pocket right now. Do not sleep on this team. Do not let the moniker a D two lull you to sleep. This program is legit, and I like what you said. Who they pull from? You're talking UW, Eastern Washington, Washington State. Uh, also, because of the geographic, they're pulling dudes from Canada that nobody ever hears about either. No question. So, like th- this team is not one to be slept on, and they're also the type of program that I've watched historically. They get up for this kind of stuff. They're like, like sometimes D two schools are like, we're just gonna take home a really nice check, and we're gonna lose seventy three to five. No, this is we're trying to we're trying to test our metal. But let's call it exactly like it is. There are systematic advantages at Central Washington University that do not exist anywhere else in the Western United States for college football. The central location is that's one that just is what it is. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The the fact that yeah, uh, I guess I, I don't know if people realize this either. Central Washington is a thirteen thousand student school. They have t- more than twice as many students as the University of Montana, Montana does. They're bigger than Eastern Washington. They're the third largest school in the state of Washington. So that's another factor. Ellensburg's a cool town. I mean, it's a cool, it's a, it's a great college town. But then the, here's the other two factors. In the state of Washington, the state gives 
uh, they're they're more, much more liberal in granting Pell grants to minorities, particularly minority athletes, to boost minority population on campus. That's a good initiative that they have. But because of that, Central Washington only has 40 athletic scholarships. They can get to about 60 to 70 guys that are getting aid because those guys can qualify for Pell grants more easily than they could at any other college in the Northwest besides Eastern. So that's another factor. Then the fact that they are Division Two. They have different requirements in terms of eligibility. Ability, yeah. They can prop 48 guys. So that means if you're a partial qualifier, you can become qualified fully while in college. You don't have to go to a JUCO. You don't have to go get your GED or anything like that. You can get eligible while in college. And then the last factor, and I know they've moved away from this a little bit because they did get them into some hot water, but they became not last chance you, but like second chance you for a good <laughs> portion of time. My two years there, they brought in 40, count them, 40 Division One drop downs. I'll never forget it, man. 2010, their front seven had seven Power Five players on it. Seven. Every single one of those guys was, I mean, Eugene Germany was from Michigan. Uh, Andrew Tony was from UW. They had a Wazoo DN. They had a Nevada linebacker, an Illinois linebacker. It, boom, 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 boom. Does that necessarily mean that you can come together as a team? I don't know. But what I'm saying is most of the time when you watch a Division II team at Washington Grizzly Stadium, they don't have the medal to hang with Montana. They're, no. They get whipped physically. Like They can't handle the physicality of it. Right. Montana's going to have a lot more depth. They're going to have a lot more gas. I do think this Grizz team is going to be exceptionally good this year. I do think they're a top-five team in the FCS in the nation for sure. But that said, like Central's running back, he's a Division II All-American. Their quarterback, he's six foot five and he can run. Like they got dudes that can compete. And so it, it's going to be interesting. We caught up with Coach Alk earlier this week, and here's just a quick snippet because – I think that Coach Halk has been hearing the scuttle around town as well. Is this this is a, a developmental game? Is this just a scrimmage? Are we just going to see a bunch of backups? Is this going to be 63 to nothing? Well, <laughs> Sean Rainey, bless his heart, our good buddy at SWX Montana Television, he tried to ask Coach Halk how he's going to manage the starters, the young players, and all that. Here's Coach Halk from practice on Monday. Do you approach this trying to get as many reps for other guys as possible, or are you just going to play starters like it's a kind of a normal game and then the score will dictate that? Or? They keep the score, Sean. They're keeping score. Then they're keeping score. <laughs> In a game like this, is getting reps for some of the new That's guys? That's a dumb a question, Sean. <laughs> hey, if people want to filter through, filter through guys. What did I say last week? It's a game. Push-up it's contest. A game. It's a game. Checkers. We're trying to beat your ass. Got it? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. Push-up contest or Put game What did you say? Don't go changing, coach. That's what I said. Right. Never change. <laughs> Thanks. Never change, indeed. More on the Grizz game coming up. We're also going to attack some high school football because regime, he is sporting his state championship ring. And it's funny, we, sometimes I don't think we give enough reverence and remember things for as long as we necessarily should. Sometimes when the anniversary comes around, like when fall football comes around next fall, we'll readdress all the great things that happened at Sentinel. But it was a historic run, and regime was on the coaching staff to be a part of it. So we'll get to that next. We're also going to talk Raleigh Wooster in the transfer portal. What level is right for the former Missoula Hellgate star? We're going to talk the plague of transferring at the Division I ranks in men's basketball. And we're also going to talk NFL quarterbacks, buying and selling. Who do you like? Who do you not like? More on Nuanas now with Regime Seabrook, 1029 ESPN Missoula, right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting. 
to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, Montana? Hope you're having a great Friday. We are. The sun is out. It's a beautiful day. Gorgeous. It might snow tomorrow, but who cares? It's a football game. It'll. it'll it's like uh, Reese's in theater. It's like when you you build the set and you, you have to have the ambiance for what you want the scene to be. So it'll be like a fall football game if it's snowing tomorrow, even though it's spring and fastly approaching summer. It is a Friday. So that means we have to take our Florence Coffee Company break. I actually already pounded mine this morning, but uh, Florence Coffee Company, great place. I had a triple shot of iced Americano this morning. We're drinking another cup of Joe this afternoon. It's a Friday, so you can stay up late. Go hit up a Florence Coffee Company. There's definitely a kiosk near you, wherever you are in the city of Missoula, or likely in the state of Montana. They're everywhere. So everywhere. go hit up a Florence Coffee Company today. Get yourself a cup of Joe. And have yourself a great Friday night. I'm Coulter Duanas. We do this every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana Television. Regime Seabrook joining me in studio. And he's talking about maybe coming back more often. So this is a good thing. We will definitely get that in the works and solidified and, and uh, confirmed with everybody out there. But uh, this could be a very fun development as we continue to let this radio show evolve all right, time now for our Prep Extra, presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank is very dedicated to the youth in our communities. They gave away 10, 10, 10 1,000, excuse me, 10,000 total dollars worth, 10 $1,000 scholarships recently. So that's very cool. Uh, they're probably going to have another scholarship giveaway here uh, coming up as well. The mortgage letters of Farmers State Bank, they also remind you that because of the market conditions, your home could be worth more than ever. Take advantage of the added equity in your home to take on that home remodel or repair project at today's low interest rates. Want to explore your options? Visit FarmersEbank.com to learn more. Prep extra time. In the fall, it was when it talks about boys sports, it was all Sentinel all the time. The football portion of it, while historic was one that was building, it was a building, um, it took three, four years, but you could see it coming because Sentinel had a lot of success uh, and Dane Oliver really got that thing turned around. Amazing. Great great development of talent, also some influx of talent as well, some guys that joined in the program as well. But then it just completely turned into a, a freight train with the fact that then Golf goes out and wins the first, their first state championship in, in the first time in 20 years. Cross country, I don't even know if Sentinels ever won a cross country championship. Not not in my time in Missoula, certainly. I think it was their first since the late 1980s. And uh, we were teasing you know, soccer. Dang, they only got to the third, fourth place game at state. They must be doing something wrong. But it was a banner fall at Sentinel. I know you got a, lot, a chance to spend a lot of time uh, both in the hallways of the high school as well as on the practice fields with the football team. So, I mean, just broadly, what was it like being around those kids? Because it seems like it's more than just talent, right? It takes it takes adults and kids and culture and everything coming together. I, I You know, part of it, I'll be honest, I'm going to thank COVID. I think that the kids were so, people were just so pent up and ready to compete and it, just back in life, let alone sports. And, and 
a lot of those kids this year in all the programs, they were hungry, man. They were hungry, they were thirsty, and they had desire coming out of their ears. So the other thing is, you know, this was Dane's first year not being the athletic director. So I think that the tone in which he came in with, he set the tone for football, but I think that he kind of planted seeds along the line for what a program should look like regardless of the sport. And I wish some of my co-coaches and some of my players were here right now because the one thing I've been kind of preaching the last year is, you know what, Hellgate has a good team. Big Sky's got a nice team. Um, you know, Helen has got a great team, but Sentinel's building a program. And, 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 and that's, you know, that's the selling point is it's not welcome to Sentinel to play football for the Spartans. It's welcome to the program. If you want to get ready to go to the next level, the next level doesn't start at the next level. The next level starts now. And if you look at the numbers of, of, of kids, it's just from the football team alone that are on a football uh, a roster right now for Sentinel. Those are great numbers ridiculous numbers because they brought into the program they brought into what Dane was you know is, is trying to bring and branch off of Bobby's tree um and this year in particular it was buy-in there weren't the you know not saying that there aren't ever going to be me monkeys on a team but like this year those boys played for each other those coaches coached for those boys and they coached for each other and that was that was the biggest thing Coulter was the buy-in the fact that we had the horses in the stable the fact that the horses in the stable were ready and wanting to run it was one of the most beautiful displays of what a team and what a program on a high school level should look like it is such a huge difference too because it's for for a long time, Missoula Big Sky was the dominant football program in this town. But they were, and I, I mean, I'll credit my group of guys. We were the best team the Big Sky had in the, in this current century when we went to the semifinals two years in a row. But that that's that's not even close to good enough for when you have the talent that exists in Missoula. And now that I'm, I'm older and I, I can retrospectively look back on those times mm-hmm. 20-some years ago, so much of the missing element was setting lofty goals and achieving lofty goals. We achieved all the goals we set as a team, but our goals were, in retrospect, so small. Mm-hmm. Win the city championship, you know, make the playoffs. It should be state championship. And that, that, that was Dane. And that's what the, that's what Sentinel became, right? They yeah. knocked on the door of state championship a couple yep. years in a row, and then boom, this year's group. It, it, it's so uh, hard to explain unless you've been a part of a team, but to be the team that has the goal to win it all defined early on and to know you have the ability to do it. It's not just um, it's not just blowing smoke. It's actually a real goal. But then to have everybody else in the state or whatever conference you're in, whatever level you're at, know that you're the best as well and try to knock you off, that's a completely different dynamic as well. But I do think that I talked about this all fall. The, the most underrated part of this Sentinel team was the unselfishness. Yeah, Dayton it Bay and Camus Service splitting time at quarterback, right? Both those guys bought in. They both contributed at a high level. You had, uh, you know, Jace Kluswich could have been a guy that was a 70, 80 catch a guy. You know, a guy that's catching Easy. 10 balls a game, Easy. 1,500 yards. He's cool with just catching a couple bubble screens and, and playing most of his time on defense. And on down the line, I mean, like when these guys signed with Montana – they had pretty pedestrian stats because, first of all, they were routing people so bad that they didn't get a play in a lot of second halves. But more importantly, though, 
a lot of times they were split in time or they were only playing one way or whatever it might be. But uh, to me, that was the secret sauce. So, I mean, did you guys recognize that early with these guys? Because I know you've been working with these kids for a couple years. Did you recognize sort of that that special chemistry early on? I this The senior and junior class this year in particular, it was it's about camaraderie. You, a lot of these guys have been playing football together since they were in third grade. So you have a lot of, of unity that has been built uh, from within when you talk about, you know, the, the Soren Severudes and the and the Donnie Souths and, 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 you know, kids of that nature and that ilk. These kids have been doing this for years together. And then you, when you look at the class right under them, Zach Cruz, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, Mr. Williams and, and Big Joe, these kids... They want it, and they not only do they want it for themselves, Coulter, they want it for each other. So, like, outside of just, like, the athletic talent, the the philosophy of having total program alignment, it checks the egos at the door. It, and and that, was, that was the big thing between our, our team this year and last year was there was much less ego. Yeah. And not that ego is a bad thing. Sometimes that ego leads to swagger. Swagger leads to confidence. But these for kids sure. this year, it was, I don't want to win a state championship for, you know, for myself. I want to win it for the guy that's next to me on my left and for the guy that's next to me on my right. And that was the biggest difference. The culture of the team manifested itself. Dane was like, we, need, we changed our mentality. And then the physicality came along. And I think it, it, it is even broader than just the actual young men that play football. And I think it's even broader than just the kids that play sports because I've seen it going down to Sentinel since I moved back to Missoula. The entire dynamic of the high school has changed. There's an empowerment culture there where they're encouraging kids to be their best at whatever they might be best at. And it might sound crazy to some people out there, but that's not the case at a lot of high schools. There's a lot of high schools and a lot of high school people that are, a lot of adults that are involved in high schools that are straight up holding kids back. Agreed. And the, the apathy is, it's so easy for apathy to run rampant throughout the halls of a high school if it's allowed to happen. It's Agreed. not at Sentinel, man. I remember when I first came back, I was joking with Dane because that was when he was still the athletic director, Dane Oliver. And, and I was saying, we were walking up and down the halls. I said, dude, this is crazy. There's no kids in the halls. He's like, what do you mean? I said, dude, when I was in high school, Big Sky, 1,200 kids going to school there, 600 of them are in the hall during class. Nobody is in class. Nobody. They're, the inmates are running, running the, the asylum, asylum, man. But... Regardless, I think that it comes, I mean, it, it takes a comprehensive model because I think these kids are, are getting taught to pursue success across the board. And it's it's not just about the football coaches. These dudes are being taught how to win when they're in track season by Coach Bettler. These yep. dudes are getting taught how to win when they're in basketball season by Jay Jagielski and now by, by Jason Mackey. And again, it's not just on the boys' side because the girls' side is, is great too. By the way, little tangent here, but we must say congratulations to Karen Deaton Living legend. Missoula Sentinel uh, basketball coach. She is retiring. She's been head coach there for, I mean, at least 20. 20 at least 20, 21 years. At least 20 years, yeah. She's been head coach since I was in high school for sure. 21 and, years. And uh, I believe six state championship game appearances, three state titles. I mean, dozens of girls that have gone on to play. D1. College basketball. Everywhere. And uh, so she she has been an awesome member of this community. Uh, I'll tell a quick story about Coach Deaton. When I was going to a, a middle school basketball camp at Hellgate when uh, – Don Siliker, now Don Deaton, uh, great Lady Grizz player. She was the, the PE teacher out there at Hellgate. And she had a couple guest coaches come in. And the last year, my eighth grade year, Karen Deaton was one of the guest coaches. And she had just gotten done playing for the Connecticut Blizzard. This was pre-WNBA days. This was in the ABA days. Pre-dub. But this is when the ABA was the top pro women's league in yep. the world. And 
Karen Dean had just got done playing for them, and I think she was towards the tail end of her playing career. And uh, I thought I was Mr. Hot Shot, you know, whatever. I was about as tall as I am now, and I was in eighth grade, so I was thinking I was the man. And she comes in, Karen Dean comes in with her two nephews. Jordan Haskett. Jordan Haskett. And Kellen Haskett. <laughs> they, they're, they're okay. I got humbled pretty darn quick. I thought I was big at six foot tall when I was uh, eighth grader. Well, Jordan was about 6'6 six, six by the time he was in eighth grade, so got humbled pretty quick. But regardless, congratulations to Coach Dean. Yes, Outstanding yes. career. Influenced a bunch of, of great young women in this community for mm-hmm. two decades plus. Absolutely. But back to the point. I mean, I do think that it's a comprehensive thing, right? I do think that empowering kids across the board, but then also success breeds success when you're talking about the high school level. Yeah, I, I think, you know, going back to you haven't seen this across a board in high schools the only other place i've seen and actually have had the pleasure working at was loyola where excellence was not i tell my kids this all the time don't be afraid to be great don't be afraid to excel and i think when you set those when you set bars like that to to be nothing less than excellent it falls in line and and as and as you know Sports is a, is one of the most copycatted things on the planet. So if your culture on a high school, collegiate, or pro level starts breeding that out, the culture that surrounds that falls right in as well. And you and as you noted, going back to Sentinel, that that's that's what it was. It, it fell in with soccer. It fell in with cross country yep. basketball with Deedon and Jay. It was already For there. Sure. So like they just kept pouring good fertilizer on a tree that is now breathing fruit of life. Gotta love it. Prep Extra, presented by Farmer State Bank. You listen to Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Regime Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. We got to get out because we're going to talk a little bit more about a sort of prep, but more a former prep star from the city of Missoula, Raleigh Wooster. He's on the move. Why and where might he go? What's the best level for the former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year? Back on 1029 ESPN Missoula right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Seems like everybody that plays Division I men's basketball is on the move <laughs> all the time. But it's not always what it seems. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Regime Seabrook. Joining me in studio. It's been a long time since he was riding shotgun. It's Feels good. good. Good to have him back, man. Let's talk a little college hoops. We've been talking a lot of college hoops, and I hope that everybody's getting a good value out of this because if you haven't noticed, uh, I have a pretty darn good uh, source with the NCAA transfer portal, and I think it's a very important subject to analyze because I do think that we've seen this massive stratification in Division I sports, but specifically Division One revenue sports, a.k.a. football and men's basketball. We're going to get to that at the top of the hour in terms of broadly what's that mean for the future of athletics, especially small school athletics in states like Montana. But the big news yesterday, Raleigh Wooster, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year from Missoula Hellgate, one of the great players to come out of the state of Montana. I mean, in, in, the, in the modern era, but, but probably ever. I mean, Raleigh is a great player. Ridiculous. Uh, a guy that got a lot of offers from a lot of different people. He was 
the youngest player to ever commit to the University of Montana. He committed after his freshman year. Then a whole bunch of stuff went down, including Raleigh just becoming a pretty good player, like a better-than-big-side-level player. So he ended up decommitting. He explored his options. He lands at Utah State. It's a great spot to land at. Utah State has perennially been a top-25 team. Craig Smith is one of the rising stars in the coaching business. The Aggies made the tournament this year. They actually kind of struggled in the Mountain West by their standards. They were supposed to win it. They ended up uh, getting there, and they got to the NCAA tournament. They were 11 seed. They lost in the first round of the tournament to Texas Tech. But by and large, a great freshman year for Raleigh Wooster. He mm-hmm. was the runner-up for Mountain West Freshman of the Year uh, at Utah State. Uh, he looked like he did not look like a freshman when he was playing for the Aggies. But yesterday, he enters the NCAA transfer portal. And I know that there's a lot of different ways to rant and rail against the portal, against kids transferring, against kids, quote-unquote, quitting or walking away from adversity. There's a lot of different factors here. But the number one factor you got to understand here about this Raleigh Wooster situation is he went to play for a coach. He chose Utah State for Craig Smith first and foremost. He said that on this show multiple times. Craig Smith, well, first of all, let's talk about the dominoes and how tight the web that weaves is. Larry Kostowiak gets fired at the University of Utah, former Montana basketball player, actually a Missoula Big Sky alum. So Coach K out at Utah after 10 seasons. Then Utah goes and hires Craig Smith from Utah State. And then Raleigh Wooster enters the transfer portal. And Domino's. We're, we're waiting to hear Raleigh. I've spoken to people in Raleigh's camp. They're going to make an announcement here in a couple days. But I'll tell you this. Raleigh Wooster did not leave Utah State for any other. This is not a didn't want to face adversity. This is not a lack of playing time. This is not a I'm unhappy. I'm homesick. I want to come play for Montana or Montana State. None of that. Raleigh just left because his coach left. So he wants to explore his options. And now here I'm speaking on my own speculatory self right now. But I can almost guarantee Raleigh Wooster is going to end up at the University of Utah with Craig Smith. So, Regime, your perspective. You've seen Raleigh play. What do you think? He is a beast. He's a beast. He was a great player, a standout player in the Mountain West. What do you think the jump's going to be like for him to go to the Pac-12? I think that he can play at that level, absolutely. When you are the runner-up... For freshman of the year, and I don't, I don't care if it's Mountain West, I don't care if it's, you know, the, the Patriot League. You're a baller, and like you said, he he didn't look like a freshman on the college level, and he didn't look like a high school kid on a high school <laughs> no, level. He looked no like kid. a man on a high school no, level. Kid. Well, that's how he, that's how he actually got his offer so early was that he was dicing up grown men at the peak, including a couple guys who used to be assistant coaches for Montana, and they were like, well. If the dude's killing me when he's 15, we got to get him in the program. Exactly. So for me, um, I've always been a huge advocate. Like if a, if, a, if a kid gets recruited by a coach and then that coach leaves, they came to that school in part because of that coach and or that coaching staff. So if he wants to follow his coach and that's who brought him along, see ya. Like I, I, I also, I, I don't feel like there should be a penalty for that either, especially if it's within a year of that. Let him go. Like he is, he is following that coach because that's who bought him aboard. Praise, praise due to the, the the clarity of choice, right? I also heard a lot of scuttle when the when he first entered the portal from people around Missoula asking me, "Oh, do you think he's coming home? Do you think he's coming home?" Regardless of the coaching situation, I'll tell you this: I don't think Raleigh Wooster is ever going to come back to the University of Montana. A lot of times. Uh, guys from Montana, guys from Missoula, they do have you know the rubber band on their backs. They always get pulled back. True, that was not going to be Raleigh. If you, and, and I'm 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 not trying to put words in the kid's mouth, but he has graced 
be gracious enough to spend a lot of time with us on this show. I mean, he was such a star. That he, I mean, he's been on this show 10-plus times, and he's always awesome. But I'll tell you this. I know that Raleigh, talking to him on a personal level, he really wanted to spread his wings. Uh, he wanted to uh, n- not be in, in state. He wanted to go explore. And that's Get out of thing. his own shadow no, in some ways. No question, man. And that's the hardest part, too, is like, I, I mean, one of my best friends in the whole world is, is Jack McGillis, who was a great player at Missoula Hellgate, and then he mm-hmm. went to Oregon State for two mm-hmm. years, and he came back to Montana. And Jack and I have talked about it a lot. I mean, Jack was a two-year starter for the Grizz. He played on an NCAA tournament team. He was like 10 to 12 point per game score. Yet, yet there was this narrative that he wasn't as good as people wanted him to be because he was this Pac-12 guy. And like, I guess what I'm saying is if you're from Missoula and you win a state championship for a Missoula team, just like Jack and just like Bradley did, then all of a sudden people want you to be like 25 points per game else it's not good enough for them. You can never you can never exceed expectations. You can only even hope to fulfill them. I think Raleigh wants to avoid that as well. And you, and you can't blame that. I mean, the kid at the end of the day, even though he's a, you know just about to conclude his freshman year in college, he's still a kid. For sure. Like, let the kid be a kid. And, and if all these people, the naysayers, the ballyhooers, if you have that much insight, you got that much knowledge, you got that much skill, then you should be putting kids in D1 programs, too. That's right. That's right. Other than that, here's 40 ounces of shut the heck up. <laughs> the, one last point on this. I also heard some people saying, well, could he actually pay in the Pac-12? Well, let's get, let's get two things straight. One, at this exact moment in time, Utah State is a significantly better program than Utah. So if Raleigh was to land at Utah, it's not Utah has Pac-12 funding. I mean, it's a powerhouse college. They have massive amounts of money. But Utah State has great lineage, partially stemming from former Grizz coach Stu Morrill building that thing up mm-hmm. into a mid-major powerhouse. But the other thing to remember is this year the Pac-12 made a lot of noise in the tournament, but that was a resurgence that's been a long time coming. The Pac-12 has been down the last six to eight years. And in reality, there was a three-year stretch where the Pac-12 was a one-bid league in the tournament and the Mountain West was a two-bid Two league bid. in the tournament. So to say, comparing and contrasting, I guess what I'm getting at is that the level of play is not as different as people want, might want to think no. because between no. Power 5 and not Power 5. No, and I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right back to what you said. It's like a good Netflix. I'm going to scream back 45 <laughs> seconds real quick. Um, and part of that resurgence led by another state winner from Hellgate High. Part of that resurgence in the Pac-10 was because all of a sudden places like Oregon State were making noise. Yep. And Mr. Tinkle and Mr. Tinkle Jr. did it too, and now we're right back at it. People said the same thing uh, uh, about Tinkle. Is he going to be good enough to play at Oregon State because right. he's from Missoula, Montana? It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. And right now, Raleigh is at a D1 program. Raleigh is at a transfer portal. So for all the naysayers and all the people who don't have sports PhDs behind their names, let the boy play, let his talent speak for themselves, and then make comments after. And don't be salty because he just because he doesn't. He, I mean, everybody makes their own path, man. I think the people the the the, the part about it that I do uh, commiserate with is that. If Raleigh Wooster would have kept his commitment to the University of Montana, it would have been a tremendous thing for this community. He would have had a tremendous weight on his shoulders, and it would have been a lot of pressure for him to live up to it. Right. But if he did fulfill his potential, it would have been awesome for Missoula only because he would be an out— I mean, he would be— he has the potential to be like a, a, a legendary Grizz player right. and a legendary Big Sky Conference player. But that said— 
I think it's amazing that he's doing it, doing his own thing. And, and if he does end up at Utah, I, I guarantee you he's going to make some waves in the Pac-12 as well. Well, I like what you said. What would have been good for Missoula may not have been good for Raleigh. No question. And that's what people have to realize. No question. Nuana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. We're going to talk about more about transfer portal stuff, but morely, more from a broad level, uh, both football and men's college basketball. What is the future for Division One? And how does that pertain to the schools that aren't in the Power Five? We're also going to talk some NFL quarterbacks all the time. I think I think the most tried and true proven guy in the draft is the one that's going to be the best. I don't know why no one else agrees with me. More coming at you. Keep it right here. 1290 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.